friends, you're listening to Flamethrowers Podcast with Casey and Rhonda. Our desire is to equip and encourage you to live a life fully engulfed in the love of Jesus. We hope that by listening to our podcast, the spark set in your heart by Him will be kindled to a flame that sets the world on fire for Jesus. Happy Wednesday! How's it going, guys? We hope you're having a fabulous week so far. Yeah, that makes me want to go whoop whoop so bad. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to interjection really quick before I left the house to Mm -hmm. meet you to record this. Bobby said, I've not listened to any of the podcasts recently. Is Casey still doing the whoop whoop? And I was like, sometimes. Sometimes. I'm really, I'm trying to pull it back, guys, but it's just my go-to. You just got to be you. It's just my thing, so... Whoop whoop. I hope y'all are having a whoop whoop Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, we're just going to jump into it today. Yeah. Um, so last week we talked about uh, Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And boy, we don't know how much time passed, but it sure went downhill quick. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't help but wonder, like, from the time they were created to what is happening in Genesis 3, was it like a long time period where they're just kind of like, lounging in the garden because you have to think first of all at the very beginning of chapter two no like nothing was existing basically like there were no plants there was nothing because nothing had been watered you know it says that when nothing had sprouted up from the Mm -hmm. ground you know it was being watered by the mist but i kind of saw this semi-desolate plain with these tiny little (laughs) things but nothing with nothing was growing like luscious and then yeah and then you have the picture of the garden towards the end of chapter mm-hmm. two, and what God tells them that they have all of these trees except for these two trees yep. that they can eat from. But then in chapter three, you're kind of like, yeah. what are you thinking, friends? So like, here's a cut the crap moment. I love it. I love it when it's like, I'm just going to give it to you. Yeah. Verse one of chapter three. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, "Did God really say you can't eat any can't eat from any tree in the garden?" And I'm like, "Hold up. Wait a minute. Um uh I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Number 1. <laughs> Number 2. Don't apologize. But the serpent said did the serpent just talk to that woman? Mm-hmm. What, what's happening? Yep. Um, and she just acts like it's normal that yeah. he's talking to her. Yep. <laughs> Which is huge because we, like in our Sunday school minds, mm-hmm. what do we think? A snake. It's a snake. Yep. It's wrapped around a tree. It's green. Mm-hmm. It kind of blends in with things. And it's like, I kind of picture the little snake that is on the like the cartoon Disney version of Robin Hood. Yes. You I, know, like with the, I think... Like, when yes. he talks, yeah, yes. he's got like the really bad lisp, hissy yeah. kind of s's and stuff. Yes. But the like that's not what this was. Um, this was like the Hebrew word used here was the nakash, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be an upright and shining one. Yeah, and so, so in, in Ezekiel twenty verse twenty, I mean, excuse me, chapter twenty eight verses thirteen through nineteen. Um, they give this description of what he looked like. And basically, he was bedazzled. Yeah. I mean, he had, like, all <laughs> kinds of colors. And we don't know if that was, like, colorful scales mm. or if it was, like, this iridescence kind of yeah. thing. Or if he literally was covered in jewels because he was, you know, this awesome being yeah. or whatever. Um, we assume he did not look like a human, but he was beautiful, yeah, he according was beautiful. to Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. He was super beautiful. And so we think of snakes as like scary and creepy and gross, 
And this was a beautiful creature that was upright. We don't know if it was like a dragon. We don't know if it was a some other kind of thing. Or it could have been something we've never seen or heard of before. But this was the language that had been passed down to Moses when he wrote this. And, and to not focus on that, um, I, I want you to remember that in the last episode, um, remember Eve wasn't present when God told him not to eat from the tree. So I think it's interesting that the enemy here approaches Eve first. Yeah. You know, Um, because he's like, she actually didn't hear it from him. Mm -hmm. So let's see what we can have happen here. Yeah. And I think he's, you know, he's just trying to confuse her, which I still think, I still know the enemy does Mm -hmm. now. And it's like all the more reason why we need to know the word, the Bible, Mm -hmm. ourselves, so that we can fight against those attacks, you know? Yeah. Um. And then as we move into to verse 2, uh, the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit in the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, You must not eat or touch it or you will die. Yeah. And I thought, obviously, like I assume Adam told her. Or, I mean, it may have been God. Maybe. It might have been yeah. Adam. I mean, but you know that she has the knowledge now mm. that it was declared that these two trees were not supposed to be messed with. Yeah. And I think it's it's interesting that she says uh, not, you know, we can't eat from it, but she also says we can't touch it. And we didn't see that when God told Adam that. And it almost sounds like what a husband would say is, don't even, don't touch that, okay? Mm-hmm. And let's yep. just go on. Yep. And so I'm almost like, is this like a lack of communication between Adam and Eve? Yeah. Like where he just gave her the basics. It's, it reminds me of the, the game Telephone, mm-hmm. you know, where you start with one friend and you go down the line and you might have started with bananas or yellow, but at the end you're like bathtubs are great, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> like, what's happening? So, what's going on there? Yeah. Then, verse verse 4, the serpent is telling her, No, you will not die. In fact, God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Mm. Which is interesting because, like, this is exactly what the enemy does nowadays, right? He tells us, Okay, yes, God has given you all these things that you can do, but... Those things that he said not mm-hmm. to do, that that's lying. He, there's no consequences for that. You know, if you want to go murder somebody, go right ahead. There's no consequences. <laughs> it's not wrong. Yeah. Like, it just, it's not. Like, he takes the truth, because we know the good and evil part. Right. He takes that, and he just twists it enough where you, you doubt. You know? Well, not only that, but he also points out that, like, God's withholding something that must be good. Mm-hmm. It must be something that's great yeah. if God is like not wanting us to have it, which really makes no sense. But that's how he makes us feel mm-hmm. like, oh, well, if God loves me, he'd give me that. And surely, surely that just doesn't make any sense. And so we kind of pigeonhole in that little place. Mm-hmm. Um, then verse 6 says, The woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. And I'm like, girlfriend, have you never seen this tree before? Well, I think, too, part of it was like with, it was probably something she and Adam just didn't talk about. Like, it was just this understood thing. We stay away from that. But all of a sudden, there's this thing going, well, come on now. You know, you know it's Mm. good. Doesn't it look delicious? He drew her attention there. Plus, it's going to make you so smart. You're going to know the difference between right and wrong. You'll be like God. Mm. 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 Yeah. So, what did she do? She took some of that fruit. Yep. And she ate it. 
and she also gave some to her husband. But this is the part I'm like, what? It says um, she gave some to her husband who was with her. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hold up now. Is Adam, has he been hanging out while this serpent was talking to her, listening? Right, right. Or was he daydreaming? Was he sleeping? Yeah. Or did he go, hmm, good point there, serpent. And let's just see what he does. Yeah, I just <laughs> kind of feel like he is just kind of watching the whole encounter between Eve and the serpent mm-hmm. back and forth. Like he's kind of, oh, oh, wait, what? Uh, wait, but no, uh, uh. Uh, but maybe if, uh, you know, yeah. he's kind of dumbfounded, like, is this really happening? And, oh, but if she does that and everything's okay, then I will too, yeah. you know? And so he is okay. He's not going to speak up because he's been curious about this, especially after hearing mm-hmm. what what the serpent says, yeah. what will actually happen. They'll be more like God. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely interesting. Yeah. And then, too, just for, like, real-world application, I think this just shows that... Um, like Eve made the choice and we all have a choice like the the enemy can tempt us and confuse us uh, but he can't make us eat the fruit that's on us that's true you know very true it's got to be our decision because God gave us that free will yeah and apparently he gave it to other people too he gave it to other beings because yeah. you know if if um, the serpent was in the garden and was ensnaring um Eve in that way, then obviously he's not a good guy at yeah. this moment. He's yeah. not acting like a good guy, right? Yeah. So you have to kind of wonder, like, they obviously have a choice to serve the Lord or not. Yeah. Also. Interesting. And then I, everything's interesting here lately. Um, <laughs> it really is. I know. Like, like I wish I had a better word. Right. But. But, but in truth, as we do this, we were talking about it beforehand, we've maybe not sat down and just read like one line at a time and go and kind of pondered it but that's what bible study is Mm -hmm. and then when you actually start to question it and you ask these things and you start to study and you're investigating and you find all these things you're like whoa there's a lot more to these stories and it's super duper cool i know i was gonna say cool too um so in verse seven it says uh then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked and i'm I want to ask, like, when I have my list of for Jesus when I get to heaven one day, um, (laughs) like, okay, why did it, why did they both have to eat it Mm -hmm. before it happened? Like, I would have assumed as soon as Eve ate from the fruit, Mm. it would have happened. But um, it also, I think, like, I don't know. I think it gave Adam the time to make the choice for himself Mm -hmm. because she ate it and nothing happened. (laughs) Mm. Well, maybe if Eve alone had eaten it, I wonder if anything would have happened. Mm. Because if the direct edict was given to Adam, mm. then you have to wonder if it was just given to Adam for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe Eve would have died off and taken that knowledge with her and never reproduced. And then maybe God would have brought in another woman and said, okay, now this one, you got to reproduce with her so that you're not corrupted, yeah. you know, by sin. Yeah. I, who knows? There's like a thousand ways that you can break this apart and go all kinds of different, um, choose your own adventure. Yeah. Things. Do you remember those books? No. Oh, yes, I do. Where like you could, your own adventure. It would end yeah. with a different thing. They actually have Netflix shows like that now. Are you serious? You, yeah, because Austin, oh, wow. my son watches them. That's really cool. They are so cool. Yeah, okay. And we have to do them over and over so yeah, we do so all the options. All, exactly. Yeah. And when, when I read the books when I was a kid, it was like that. But, you know, there's a lot of things that you can speculate, and that's really all it is. 
a lot of these things we don't have any proof like oh, yeah. what the certain absolute thing was. Some things we can pull out and say this is likely more more likely what they're mm. talking about. But still a lot of this is speculative. So by all means when you hear us kind of rabbit trail and don't take it as yeah absolute unless you investigate it and realize that it is. Yeah. Um and when their eyes were open, that's when they realized they were naked. And I read some commentary this week about how they may have been clothed in the light of God or um, I'm just thinking they just didn't know because everything was so great. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting. And then they go, it, this is where I think shame, we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. shame really came in and they're like, we got to cover all this up. Mm-hmm. So they go find the fig leaves to try and make themselves covered. Right. Um, and then what do they do? They hide. Yeah. <laughs> because they're ashamed. They're ashamed. Yep. Um, so verse 8 puts us, it says, uh, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And they hid from the Lord God, what Rhonda was talking about, among the trees of the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, Where are you? Mm-hmm. So Rhonda, you had some good notes here. I, it's just interesting to me that like there was this gap in time between what happened, what happened, they ate the fruit, and when God shows up on the scene. At least that's what the what the writer seems to put there, that it was the evening, at the time of the evening breeze when God shows up, and he's asking, where are you? It's not like he doesn't know where they're at. It's not like he's not already aware that he's God. Right. Um, and you kind of wonder, like, why didn't he go hunt him down right away? But because there was likely this automatic shift, like, Something went dark all of a sudden in the entirety of creation. And you have to wonder, like, why did God wait to go and approach them about it? Um, And I can't help but wonder if maybe he was grieving some in that. You know, like... You have to imagine... Yeah. Like the, I knew this was going to happen, but man, I really, like, I just wish they had picked the difference. So, yeah. Yeah. I kind of go with that, too. Like, he needed that space before we went to Christ. And then, like, the other thing that I, that I was asking about as I read this is, like, how long after they'd been created did this take place? Was this, like, days, weeks, months, years? It clearly yeah. wasn't day six of creation when this took place. Right. But how far after that did it happen? I mean, was it day eight? Right. Or was, or it, was uh, it, like, hundreds of years? Yeah. We, yeah. Don't, we don't really have an accurate record yeah. of... now. There is a record that says that Adam was 130 years when his son Seth was born. But even with that, like, you don't know if they actually were, like, keeping time before the fall. Like, exactly. Like, when he was in the garden, yeah. was he aging, like, yeah, in the same way? Yeah, that's a good so point. So you don't really know if they were talking about years since he came out of the Garden of Eden or years since creation. creation. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of this open hole, mm. I guess. Um, verse 10, um, Adam is responding. Mm-hmm. I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And then God says, Who told you you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? So I get this visual in my mind when I read this of like, like a three-year-old who's had chocolate cake and they weren't supposed to and it's all over their face Mm -hmm. and you're like they say like you'll say what did you do and I didn't eat the cake right and then you go 
did you eat the cake? And they're like, no, shaking exactly. their head. Yep. And it's like all over their face and under their fingernails. Like, it's just so obvious. And as a parent, you're just like, are you kidding me? Like, just fess up. Yeah. And there's a funny, like a commercial right now. I don't know if it's Google or what, but it's got these two little boys and they're both covered in like markers all over their face <laughs> and stuff. And the dad comes in and says, you know, who did this or what? Or whose idea was it? Was this? And they kind of look. And then the older one who's in the front kind of thumbs to the back and the little one puts its hands over his face you kind of see that sort of thing and then there's another thing that's kind of run around the internet that's super cute ava if you guys ever are on instagram or facebook or whatever you probably saw this video some time ago of this little girl her name was ava she had marker all over her face and i don't think it was her mom i think it was like a caregiver aunt babysitter <laughs> something that found her and she's like ava you've got marker all over your face did you do, do that or something and she goes no <laughs> And then she's like, Ava, you have a marker in your hand. She goes, huh? A marker? And you're like, <laughs> she's just totally playing dumb the whole time. And then she's like, Ava, are you lying to me? And she goes, no. Or are shaking you telling, the head yes. Or are you telling the truth? And she goes, no. But she's kind of <laughs> nodding her head yes. So she just, it's so We just cute. haven't changed very much, no, have we? <laughs> no, exactly. Point, point made that we yeah. are still stupid <laughs> stupid so many, little kids and you know what we do that as adults too oh, yeah, like do. how often do we lie to ourselves and be like i didn't really eat that much today i'm good I'm a no one getting well i had a cheeseburger and right. some french fries and, and it was gummy a large bears. one and then i went back and got a frosty or whatever you yeah. know you have all the things that you tell yourself i, did, I had a good day today yeah I did well and I mean, this whole part, it's almost comical because this just happened where we're, you're, we're just playing dumb, or mm-hmm. he is. And then Adam continues to say, the woman you gave to me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Yeah. Like, so not only is he blaming the woman, but he's also blaming God. Well, you gave her to me. Right. And this <laughs> stupid woman. Anybody made... but me. Yeah. Like, okay, so it was it was the serpent. It was you, God. It was it was that woman. Yeah. It was me. I it's didn't do it. things. And I was like, what is happening there? Right. Um, But we totally do that now. Like, we don't want to take blame for things sometimes. And you want to blame, well, even if it's like a real, it's a real thing. But you totally just need to own up to it. Yeah. Um, So then the Lord asked the woman, what is this you've done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And so... Okay, maybe she's being a little more truthful because the serpent did deceive her. <laughs> right. But at least she says, like, point blank, the serpent deceives me. And, and I, I ate. Like, <laughs> but she's still not like, sorry. Right. <laughs> so right. I'm like, what's going on? Mm. Ugh. So I'll let you take the next bit about what God says. Right. So the next part is interesting to me because we always think, you know, okay, well, he's talking to Adam and Eve, so obviously. He should be talking to them first if he's getting ready to curse them and throw them out of the garden. But who does he choose to speak to first? The verse 14. Serpent. Yeah, verse 14. He says, um, this is God saying to the serpent, because you've done this, you are cursed more than any livestock and more than any wild animal. You will move on your belly and eat the dust of or eat the dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. Interesting word, your offspring and her offspring. Put that in your, just pin that mm-hmm. for a minute. We'll get to that in a few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Um, so this is when he goes from his bedazzled, upright standing, beautiful self to trash hole. Yeah, basically to <laughs> what we know now, I assume, you know, of a slithering 
gross snake. Or he, we know that his presence changed. We yeah. don't know that he turned into like what we see as earthly snakes. I don't know that. I think that say, that snakes can be representative of our enemy, but I don't know that this was like a literal snake that he changed into because that kind of um, he was an he was a being that was not an animal. Hmm, that's a good point. So he didn't turn into an animal. Hmm. His shape, his his image changed. Like the great beauty mm. that he had was stripped away. Yeah. It was he was made ugly. He was made this, <laughs> this little dirt hole that's like <laughs> climbing around on the ground. He's no longer the beautiful thing that he yeah. was originally. I'll be jeweled, like it says in Ezekiel. Um, but what I thought was most interesting is that God does not address. Like I said, He's not addressing Adam and Eve first. He's addressing this thing, which um, it's. I think that what we fail to see here is that this serpent was not a created being as in part of the animals that God created. Like I said, this was a different kind of being. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had the power or the knowledge to tell Adam and Eve right. what this was, you know, to mm-hmm. deceive them. Because snakes don't talk today. Right. Like, that's just not what they do. And right. we don't have talking lizards. We don't have talking dragons. We don't have animals don't speak to us unless it's like Balaam's donkey kind of thing. Okay? It's just not something that happens. So, for us to kind of go to that really puts puts this in a hole that it doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. This this being, this Nakash, this serpent was an angel. We all know that Satan was an angel mm-hmm. um, originally, and we assume that this is who this is talking about. Um, but I think that that being was there along with other angelic beings or other divine beings to help these humans come to understand things and learn things and to help them um, do whatever needed to be done there to kind of train them and teach them and you know keep them in line and point them back to God but this one this one was different it's the first one to say um, I think I think you need to go your own way. Mm-hmm. Like I think you're. I think God's wrong here. Yeah. He was the first one to bring that up. So I think that's why God cursed him first mm-hmm. instead of Adam and Eve. He went directly to this thing, which was probably in a higher order as far as in divine. It's almost like the, you knew better, right? <laughs> like well, it would be like you know if if you had um, two kids fighting in a classroom or doing something wrong in the classroom because the teacher told them to, who are you going to talk to first if you're the administrator? You're going to go to the teacher. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, that's not allowed. That's not how we handle this. You shouldn't be teaching that and you're fired. Yeah. You wouldn't and just let it go. And then you deal with the children. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then in verse 16, um, he said to the woman, so so now he goes, so speaking, God was speaking to the serpent, now he goes to the woman. He says, I will intensify your labor pains. You will bear children with painful effort. Your desire will be for your husband, yet he will rule over you. Mm. So I'm like, great. Thanks a lot, Eve. That's where <laughs> I kick in. But I think, like, I get the labor part and children and pain, but, like, the your desire will be for your husband, yet he'll rule over you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the part that really stuck out to me because... Um, especially as a 21st century woman, but I'm sure it's been a struggle all the way through, like submitting to our husbands. Well, not only that, you have to think about the the way that women were looked at back in mm-hmm. Genesis in mm-hmm. that culture. They didn't have any. They were like, yeah. you know, a commodity. They were something that you owned. Yeah. They were a possession and things that were that were sold or traded in essence. They didn't necessarily have the value that 21st century mm. has put on them. And part of that was because of this curse, because... Mm. They were the view of 
Eve being the helpmate, mm-hmm. just the equal but complementary, like mm-hmm. she has strengths that you don't have, and mm-hmm. he has strengths that she doesn't have. They work well together, but since this time, there's been a struggle. There's been that power struggle ever since, and we can point back to this and say, this is why. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, he gets to Adam, mm-hmm. um, and he says to Adam, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, do not eat from the ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your brow. Until you return to the ground since you were taken from it, for you are dust and you will return to dust. Mm. Um, so I think the first thing I noticed was like, God wasn't lying when he said you will die. And mm-hmm. now he's saying you're going to die. It might mm-hmm. not be today, mm-hmm. but now you're going to return back to what you came from. But I I don't think that I don't think that Adam and Eve were immortal before they mm. before this because of the fact that there was a tree, tree. to get, you know, the tree of life. Mm-hmm. And I think that there um that their death represented here is a spiritual death. Mm. They are cut off from their life source, who is God, and because of the sin. And we know that now, and we mm. see that so much in, in um, what we believe Jesus has done for us, what we know Jesus has right. done for us. Um, he bridged that gap. He put us back in that place, and he gives us eternal spiritual mm. life. We still don't live forever, and I don't think they lived forever then, um, but I think the death that he's returning to, that he's referring to, is... First, like a spiritual death, and mm. yes, he'll return to dust, but I wonder if his spirit would have existed on the same plane mm. instead of existing elsewhere. That's good, good thoughts there. Does that yeah. make any sense? Yeah, it totally does. Um, and then, too, I think the other thing that stood out from that was, um, like we said before in the last episode, that like man was put there to like work the land, mm-hmm. um, so there was purpose there, but... It implies here that like work was joyful right. before all this happened, and, and now, now it's painful and laborious. Yeah. And I agree. Some yep. days, <laughs> yep. for sure. So yeah. Um, verse twenty: The man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. So yeah, we've been referencing Adam and Eve, but Eve doesn't get her name right until and here. Adam. Adam's technically not named. Um, the name yeah. Adam just means man or human or humankind, and so it is used interchangeably. We talked about that some in the last yeah. episode, um, but again, Adam doesn't necessarily take on that um, that proper noun form until after Eve is named. So, and and two, like I think it's interesting that. Like Eve means mother of all the living mm-hmm. because she's not yet a mother. Like God has said that there, you know, that there will be children like from your seed, but yes. um, but she doesn't. And so, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, verse twenty one. It says the Lord God made clothing from skins for man and his wife, and He clothed them. And I never thought about the sacrifice part. Speak mm-hmm. to that for a minute. Yeah. So I. Uh, I just thought it was interesting that God made them clothing. I think my brain always stopped at, like, the fig leaves. It mm-hmm. didn't go much further than that beforehand. Right. Um, but, like, this had to be the first sacrifice, or at least the first sacrifice we see, um, because he had to kill the animals to get the skin. And in Hebrews 9.22, it says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And so, 
again, it's just so much foreshadowing to the New Testament that, mm-hmm. you know, that's happening here. Um, well, and I've also heard, this is strange, so we're I'm, I'm just throwing it out there for any of you who've heard this. Um, some people believe that they received a different kind of skin, like their physical appearance changed, mm-hmm. like the skin that we have now was given to them mm-hmm. as opposed to something else that mm-hmm. maybe they existed as before. I don't know, but don't just know tossing that out there, <laughs> if you want to go rabbit trail on that one, there you go. Yeah. Um, verse 22 says, The Lord God said, since the, since the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out. And take from the tree of life, eat and live forever. Um, <clears throat> so again, that's just sort of that whole living forever. I don't think that he meant that as a uh, a physical life forever, um, because or or that they had that already. I think that that had to that they probably would have passed away at some point in time, um, or if they'd eaten from that then they would have lived forever in a physical form does that make sense yeah and for me this is another another statement where it's plural that man has become like one of us like Mm -hmm. we talked about uh, two episodes ago yes and like what is that us Mm -hmm. is it the spiritual beings is Mm -hmm. it the holy trinity like where does that fall right Um, i just think it's interesting how that and it gets overlooked a lot. Like, we yeah. don't hear people necessarily break it down very yeah. much. But I think think it is good to kind of go back and question that and say, oh, well, there was more going on than what I thought. Yeah. Um, verse 23, So the Lord God sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove the man out and stationed the cherubim and the flaming, whirling sword east of the Garden of, e- of Eden to guard the way to the Tree of Life. A whole lot in that one. There's a, a whole, whole lot. lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to say cherub instead of... Ha- cherubim. Thank you, because I won't say that right. But Cherubim, yes, whichever way you cherubim, want to say Cherubim, I like that yeah. one. I'll go with it. Um, so what do you think of when you think of a cherub now? Yeah. A we cute go, little wing baby. Right, it's the little Cupid. Yeah. And then you go look at Ezekiel, and <laughs> your mind is about to be blown, y'all. This is it for this episode, because... In Ezekiel, he, like, describes them as, like, four living creatures who have four faces. But it's all one thing. It's all one thing, and it's a face of a man and a lion and an ox and an eagle. With and it has wings. four wings, but only two of them are used for flying and two of them are used to cover themselves up. And then they have hands of a man. <laughs> like, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't sound like a cute chubby baby anymore. So this is just another example of a different, uh, these divine beings that we don't necessarily understand, that we don't, you know, we always say there are angels and there are demons and there's God and there's Satan. Mm -hmm. And that is just a very, very basic mind and there's a lot more to it. Like uh, these angelic things, these divine beings that God created that have different kind of powers than we do, there's a lot of different kinds, but we don't ever go like, Okay, we just say, um, it's an angel baby, or it's a warrior angel, or, you know, like we have all these different ideas. Um, It's interesting, to say the least. So that's something that, if you want to look into that yourselves, it's go read Ezekiel. Yeah, 
and then go Google a picture because yeah. it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And we can put that in show notes too. Yes. Um, but then not only did it blow my mind with it's not being a chubby baby mm-hmm. with wings, also there's a flaming whirling sw- sword. Yes. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So um, that one is, we, we can reference um, an article in that one too. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. It's definitely something that is... Uh, <laughs> Interesting. It's just interesting. It's just interesting. It, and it's cool to just go. And nobody's like look. gone exploring and saw a flaming sword that they're like, <laughs> I can't walk past it. It yeah. just won't let me. You know, yeah. it, it's one of those things that we don't have a, we don't have full good understanding because yeah. we're so far removed from that culture and that understanding. Yeah. Um, the last thing that you had asked Casey in your notes was um, why why did they only put the guard to the yeah. east? Yeah, and I thought you had a really great answer of that that it was probably just the way they spoke that the Garden of Eden was in like the east part of Eden. Right. Um, so that yeah, I thought that was a good simple answer for yeah. me. I, loved I think it, it yeah. was more of just a demographic way of of um, they he was saying and the guard was put on the east part of Eden because that's where the garden was. Yeah. So. Um, it's it's a lot simpler sometimes than what we can make it. Yeah, and then sometimes it's not so simple. Like with this chair, it's business. extremely bizarre. <laughs> but that's what we're here for—to make you question, to make you scratch your head, to equip and encourage you right. to do all the things to just walk into this and dive deeper and get to know who the God is that you're serving yeah. and how all this came about. Yeah. Love it. Thing. So you got any toolbox? goodies today um, what was the thing we talked about oh, I'm totally man. blank on it now that's I your, should have put that's your job on it. Rhonda I'm so sorry <laughs> well there may or may not be some in the show notes check guys. the show notes <laughs> by all means check the show notes um oh 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 so it was the whole serpent thing oh yeah right. right okay so the serpent <laughs> interestingly enough there are other cultures who have serpent gods um that look sort of serpentish and not at all serpentish that they have lots of colors like mm. coxacodal of like the mesopotamia and she just said a bunch things. of great words yeah, right it's, there it's real like <laughs> you have to be a geek to look at this stuff but it's really interesting i will put that in the show notes for you to look at just so you can see how this being that has been worshipped in other cultures parallels to what this serpent was in the garden it's really interesting Okay. Sounds good. All right, guys. Well, as always, go find us on Instagram and mm-hmm. Facebook at Flamethrowers Podcast. Email us if you've got questions. If you say what the world, mm-hmm. if you just want to talk to us at Flamethrowers Podcast at gmail dot com. And until next week. Oh, oh, I was supposed to say something else. We also need the ratings and the reviews. Oh, yeah, that's the right. The ratings and the reviews on iTunes. We need them so that other people can hear about it. Also, if you are on Facebook or Instagram, share our podcast. Yes, like, let your friends know, especially if it's people who, this this kind of material is great for people who are like, you know what, I've read the Bible and I don't understand it. It like it contradicts itself, or there's so many things that I just don't understand. Tell them to listen, especially now, because mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. We're kind of helping people parse through some of this. And if yeah. it's people who've never known the Word of God, then this maybe will help them have a better understanding and it might actually start to make sense to them. That's what we pray. That's what we want this to be about in a lot of ways is just helping everybody gain that better understanding of what His Word says so they can go out and set the world on fire. You ended it so well. I didn't. Um, (laughs) One other thing that we have available, and this is an outright... um, 
ask, and I didn't ask Casey if this was okay beforehand, but oh, gosh. we are wanting to upgrade our recording equipment yes, so we, we can have better sound quality. So if you enjoy this podcast, if you are growing through it, if you are being encouraged by it, then consider leaving a donation in our PayPal account. We do want to have some material come out sometime, maybe summer or fall, um, that you could purchase. You can also go to Redbubble and look for Flamethrowers Podcast uh, and buy some merchandise. We'll get a little small portion of that. But if you want to just give us a donation, you can find our link for PayPal on our Instagram in our bio. Yep. You will see it. You can click it. You can just make a quick, simple little donation. You can leave us a note there if you want. You don't have to. Um, but that would go so far into helping us get better recording equipment mm-hmm. and even possibly starting to make a Bible study for you guys. Yeah. So, so thanks guys for, for hanging with us. Yeah. And, uh, we appreciate y'all very, very, very much. So until next week, go set the world on fire. <laughs>